Hello folks, welcome to another episode for Formula 1 Mirror. So for a couple of weeks I have been thinking about doing something different than the race reviews and qualifying reviews. Simply because that kind of content is something which you can find in other YouTube channels as well as other podcasts as well. And if you are a casual Formula 1 fan, it's more likely that you will anyways be seeing the races and qualifying sessions. So I wasn't adding any much value to it. So I thought about diverging and probably exploring some new areas of it. And one of the topics which I selected for this podcast is the history of Ferrari. Simply because Ferrari is one of the most iconic brands in Formula 1 and probably not all of us actually know about Ferrari. Even I had to actually look up the history of Ferrari and how Ferrari came into the picture. I was surprised that Alfa Romeo is an older brand than Ferrari. Even though right now if you look in the grid, Alfa Romeo is kind of a B team or sister team to Ferrari. So knowing about this is kind of quite fascinating. So I'll start off with the history of Ferrari simply because it's not just the iconic brand in Formula 1 but it's also outside of Formula 1, one of the most luxurious brands available in the market right now. Just in 2015 they had an IPO which actually valued the company up to 10 billion dollars. 10 and sorry and like just after 4 years their evaluation increased to 27 billion dollars. So you can see how much of a big brand Ferrari is, not just in the world of motorsport, but apart from it as well. So no story of Ferrari can start with without actually mentioning Enzo Ferrari, simply because he was the founder of Ferrari, which actually brought Ferrari to the limelight or into the world. So Ferrari, Enzo Ferrari, right from his childhood itself, was quite passionate about racing cars and always was fascinated by them. So as he grew up, since it was a time of World War One, so he enlisted himself in the Italian army. And just after World War One, because of financial crunch involved and because of so many resources which were poured in World War One, there was an outbreak of uh, Italian flu virus, which actually caused his father as well as his elder brother to succumb to it. So because of this harsh realities which Enzo Ferrari had to face, their hereditary or their family business, which was in carpentry, it collapsed because of which Enzo Ferrari actually had to look for alternate jobs. So since he was always interested in sports cars and in the automotive industry, he started looking for jobs over there. So he applied in the Fiat company as well, but he was rejected at that time simply because he didn't have that much of an experience and also because there was always a demand for World War veterans as well. So because of that, he was rejected at that time. So he found a role of a test driver for CMN company. So CMN was a car manufacturer in the city of Milan. So since like he had always an interest and also he had skills as well as for a racing driver. So he was quickly promoted to actually race for the CMN team as well. And quickly he found himself to actually race for Alfa Romeo in 1920. So just a correction, I'm not sure whether CMN had his own race car division as well or not, or like had his own race team as well. But he was actually promoted to race car driver and his official profession became a racing car driver. And in 1920s, he started driving for Alfa Romeo, which was probably one of the biggest brands at that time, apart from the German manufacturers. So he drove for Alfa Romeo the entirety of 1920s. And in the later half of 1920s, he started becoming more interested in the management side of things, like how to build a car, how to manage the drivers, how to build a company around it. So in 19, I think it was in 1929, where he started his own company called Scuderia Ferrari. So it was just a race. Uh, it wasn't a company which actually produced racing cars, 
but it was something like a, a bunch of uh, very good drivers who were privateers who actually brought different cars and most of them were Alfa Romeos and started racing around different street circuits. And slowly and slowly they also built up some of the technical expertise and, as well and because of the, some of the financial constraints involved and also since Scuderia Ferrari were mostly running with Alfa Romeo cars, within a few years it became the racing car division of Alfa Romeo itself. So it, this partnership uh, continued for a few years and like in 1937 because of so much of financial resources which motors, motorsport involves and also because Alfa Romeo wanted to have its own race car division and not really depend on some separate company, the Scuderia Ferrari was dissolved. So he also like started working or like I think he became the head of the racing car division for the Alfa Romeo but he wasn't really happy at that time. So within a couple of years, he actually left Alfa Romeo and started his own company called Otto Ovio, I think, Constituzioni. I think it's difficult to pronounce. But simply because of the clauses in his contract and also because of the anti-compete clauses, he wasn't really able to actually make race cars at that time. So instead of actually making race cars, he started producing cars for the racing cars and he started supplying them to different teams. And since th and this was the year of 1939 and since like World War II happened in 1944 similar to other companies they had to actually shift their focus in producing uh, probably equipments for the World War II rather than producing any cars or, or stuff for the racing. So just right after World War II in 1947 they started producing race cars and shifted their main base to Maranello which still remains the primary base for Ferrari and the where most of the Ferraris factories of Ferrari are situated and where almost the whole town itself is known uh, via Ferrari and identified via Ferrari. So in 1947 they actually uh, created their first car and it was the first car to actually carry the Ferrari name like they had produced some other cars also in the past just before 1947 but because of the non-compete clauses they didn't really couldn't really actually put the Ferrari name on the car. But in 1947, it was the first car which they could put the Ferrari name and it became like the first car which, which had Scuderia Ferrari as the brand name. So in 1949, they had the first major victory in the 24, 24 hours of Lehman's. So that was the first major victory and then they started bringing more race cars to the track and they started competing in multiple different championships around the world. So in 1950, there was a first championship race held for the Formula 1 at, at Silverstone and till date they remain the only team which has actually competed in every single championship season of Formula 1 which is quite a feat in itself simply because of the resources which it entails to actually race in the Formula 1. So in 1949 they won the 24 hours of Le Mans and in 1950 they competed in uh, the championship of Formula 1 and they were quite successful as well in 1950s and 1960s. So in 1960s, they had established him, themselves as a brand, not just on track, but also off track as well, simply because of so good cars, which they actually produced. And like initially, Enzo Ferrari was slightly reluctant to produce road cars because his main passion was producing cars for racing and everything else was just something which they did in order to facilitate that. So there was one driver called Luigi Cinetti who was who approached Ferrari and who was a privateer actually. He 
just by the definition of privateer, privateer means that they don't really have a team around them. They have a few folks, but what they do was they actually brought some other, like they actually bought some other race cars and actually competed across different championships. So Luigi Cinetti was like kind of a privateer who actually competed with the Ferrari cars all around the world. So he actually approached Ferrari to open up a road car business so that whatever resources they can actually, whatever revenue they can get from the road cars, they can actually pump it in the race car business. So then they actually started producing in the, in the late 1950s, they started producing race cars for the general public as well. So by the 1960s, they had produced successful cars, not just on the race cars point of view, but also on the uh, race cars for the general public as well, not specifically for the uh, racing population, which are normally called road cars. So Henry Ford saw this as a very valuable opportunity because Ferrari as a brand was very valuable and since they had started producing road cars and they were producing quite good road cars as well. So it the, he saw it as a quite a valuable business. So Henry Ford too approached Ferrari to um, like uh, bought, uh, simply buy their business. I think these kind of uh, story or this specific story has been also documented or like conveyed in the popular film called Ford versus Ferrari, where Henry Ford actually, Henry Ford too actually, I think great grandson of Henry Ford, he actually approached Ferrari for buying their business, road car business. But there was a one major clause, major clause in which if Ferrari had to actually go for compete in any championship, they had to actually ask for the permission for the Ford company and also get in the revenue for that, which definitely Enzo Ferrari who was whose main passion or whose main business was building road cars, building race cars so that he could compete in different championships that definitely he wasn't open to that kind of a deal. And because of that, like Henry Ford too took it as a kind of a personal insult and he poured tons of money in actually building a car which can actually compete in 24 hours of Siemens. And I think after three years, I think they could like they created a car called GT40. So it actually competed in two years before in the third year they became successful and actually they the Ford company actually dominated 24 hours of Lehman's for I think four years straight which was quite unheard of at that time because Ferrari was the one who had actually won the six races in a row in six years actually. So it was quite a feat with which Henry Ford too achieved and by 1969 like Enzo Ferrari started realizing that because of so much of financial resources which is needed in the uh, racing business and also to produce simply road cars as well. He felt that there was some additional resources which he, which was needed and like instead of selling the company to any other company or any other German company or Ford, he actually sold 50% of it to Fiat. And I think that's one of the points which you also saw in the uh, movie Ford versus Ferrari just that some of the points or some of the timeline timeline was slightly different. So within 1969 and like 1970s, Ferrari grew into a very successful business. Although there were some of the, uh, you can say, because of so much aggressive behavior of Ferrari and how he used to put, put so much of intense pressure on the drivers as well as the engineers. There was some rebellion as well, some rebellious nature as well in the Ferrari where some engineers and uh, other people in the company actually walked out and also created a separate company and also created a separate team for racing. 
So there were ups and downs throughout the whole process, but still Enzo Ferrari kept the brand of Ferrari quite alive and quite successful as well. So in 1988, at the age of 90, he passed away because of old age. There wasn't any explanation given as to why he died at that age or like was it, was it because of some illness or because of something else. But we, because he died at the age of 90, we can assume that it was because of illness and health complications. And just before his death, he actually witnessed the launch of F40, their latest car, which became a symbol of so much of achievements which Enzo Ferrari had achieved in his whole lifetime. And in, 20, and in 2002, in 2002, the Ferrari released the first car which was named after the founder, Enzo Ferrari. And I think it, the 2000 was the most successful decade of Ferrari where Ferrari won numerous championships and they won, I think, six or I, I believe they won seven constructors title back to back. And like they also won the latest title with Kimi Raikkonen in, in 2008, 2007 actually. And they won the constructors title in 2008 actually. So it has been quite a productive decade for Ferrari and definitely Ferrari is and will remain one of the most iconic brands in Formula 1 and in the history of motorsport and we will see it probably for decades yet to come. So this is the story of Ferrari, hope you liked it and also a couple of things which I noticed or which I read about it. So the main emblem of Ferrari which is which we normally see like the horse uh, in the yellow background and like in like couple of races or I think a couple of years also like yellow was the main color of Ferrari which we right now attribute to the main red color as the main color of Ferrari and that emblem was actually one of the emblems which was present on the airplane of one of the Italian aircraft fighter planes and because of that like they had quite a good relationship Enzo Ferrari and the fight, uh, Italian fighter plane and when he died actually the Enzo Ferrari started using that particular symbol on all his race cars and it became one of the most iconic and familiar uh, logos in the whole world. So that's it for now guys. Maybe like in the next session or like in the next episode, I'll talk about the history of Formula 1. So I've in this episode, I've just briefly touched upon it that the first race was held in 1950 in the Silverstone. But it will be quite interesting to actually delve slightly deeper into the past how did the rules for regulations were created? Although, uh, if you look at other sports, Formula 1 is quite a recent sport which has just a 70 year of history. But still in 70 years, a lot, lot, of, lot of things have changed simply because motorsport just inherently is a kind of a sport which is dependent on the technology progress as well. And since we know that technology has progressed quite a lot, especially in the last century, so we have seen lot many changes in the history of Formula 1, not just from the perspective of the rules and regulations and the circumstances, but also in terms of the technological innovations which have happened in the cars. So probably I'll talk about it in the next episode. Till then, keep smiling and take care of your health. Thank you. Bye.